the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, thank you for listening today. It is the weekend, so I'm hope you're, I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, I am here in the studio today with a good friend of mine, Pastor Steve Coker, as uh, we feature a church every single week, and our desire is that you would get connected to a local church around your area. We're so excited that you're listening to uh, uh, AM630 KSLR and getting, your, getting the Word of God uh, sent to you through our airwaves. Thank you so much for being a part of our family. However, we do want to encourage you to be connected to the local community church. And today we want to feature uh, Tejas Cowboy Church, again led by Pastor Steve Coker. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Well, thank you so much, Mark. It's a blessing to be here, and I thank you for helping us spread the word out about Tejas Cowboy Church. Absolutely. Well, you and I have known each other for a few years, and I think it's been a while since we last connected, but it's always great to see you. Yeah, well, thank you. I know uh, we were at a Men of Light conference, and uh, you brought a great word of hope to the men there. And, uh, you know, God has continued to move us in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Um, You know, you think you're going down one road, and his plan sometimes takes you on a detour. I know all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, let's go back. Let's kind of rewind a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, are you from San Antonio? Well, actually, no. I grew up in Waco, Texas, and uh, ended up down here towards San Antonio back in 98, just before the flood hit, uh, actually out of New Braunfels. And, uh, I don't know, began to go to a Methodist church there for a couple of years and began to feel God's call in my life while I was there in that church. Mm. He said, get involved. Don't just sit on the back pew. So I began to get in Sunday school classes and began to teach a class, actually. And a pastor said, hey, I see God doing something in your life. We need to talk about that. And before you know it, he was offering me the opportunity to become a licensed local pastor in the Methodist church, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about. Uh, It allowed me to have a career and also get into ministry, begin my education, and actually learn how to do the job while I was doing the job. Wow. Uh, what a great blessing uh, Pastor Mark Deaton was to me to allow me as an associate to step into the pulpit every Sunday, to lead men's groups, to be a leader in pastoral care, uh, to do a lot of things that associate pastors just don't get to do. Yeah. So it was a great blessing for him to step really aside and allow me to grow as a pastor and set me up to be able to do what I'm doing today. Good deal. So growing up, did you was that kind of part of your plan? Someday I'm going to grow up to be a pastor. <laughs> uh, a funny story, Mark. I was into personal development, used to listen to the tapes and go to the uh, seminars and everything. And I was driving to Woodville, Texas one day, listening to some positive development tapes. Mm-hmm. And it was asking the question about how do you find your passion and your gift in life so you could go after that. And he said, sometimes people have to start where they know they will never be and work toward where they think they might go in life. Oh, that's good. So I thought, okay, I can do that. So I began to think, and the first thing that popped in my head was, well, I never have to worry about being a pastor. (laughs) I kid you not. So God played a little trick on me way back then. And you know what? I found it to be 
my sweet spot in life. And, you know, from that, you can work endless hours and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And you can see God's glory in the little things and in the big things. And it's just been a great blessing yeah. to serve him and others. When you're working in your passion, you know, it's just you feel fulfilled. You know, exactly. you know that you're doing and what God's called you to do. And it's, it's not a day of work. That's right. But it's uh, you have fun doing it. That's right. Uh, tell me about uh, your family. Are you a family man? Well, I am. I've been married to my wife, Joni, for 29 years now, right. and we have two boys. One graduated from college out in Nashville in December, mm-hmm. and our youngest started uh, this past August, and they're both music business people, um, just wonderful young men that know the Lord, and I'd love to take uh, some claim for uh, how they turned out, but I'm going to have to give God that yeah. glory. Um they're following a good calling and, and living in their sweet spot, too. Mm-hmm. So I hope that uh, what they saw happening in my life yeah. through uh, Christ's lead is what they're following, too. That's fantastic. Uh, my wife's an administrator out at Comel ISD in New Braunfels, and mm-hmm. i got to say she's living in her sweet spot, too. Yeah. So God has just blessed us so much. And All right. Awesome. I appreciate you asking about that. Yeah, well, it's good to know. It's good to know about the family. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the ministry itself. You're you're pastoring this, this church, Tejas Cowboy Church, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of taken you a while to get to this point. Can you kind of take us a little bit through your history and uh, get us to where you are today, pastoring this congregation? Well, you bet. I was an associate, as I mentioned, out at Bull Verde, yeah. and I want to say in tw- uh, 2010, I was sitting in a church after leading a healing service, and I could tell God was up to something. I was feeling very anxious. So I went back and locked the doors of the church and turned the lights down and went up to the altar and said, okay, God, tell me what's going on because I know you're moving. Mm. I kind of felt like the Bible was nudging me on the leg. Um, So I opened it up and it it fell open to 2 Samuel 22. I began to read David's song of praise and I felt the walls of the church that evening kind of closing in. They were very obvious to me Mm. for some reason. And I read that verse that says, and he leads me out into spacious places. And I knew right then, Mark, that God was calling me out of the walls of the traditional church. I looked up in the plate glass window where I had sat and gazed out all times of day or night for years. But this night I saw an exit sign glowing. It was a reflection from a sign back in the narthex. Mm. It was just vibrating there for me, and I knew God was calling me out of the church. So we began doing church-type activities in restaurants and wine bars, riverbanks, people's garages, pretty much anywhere where people are naturally uh, instead of a traditional church setting. And we kind of floundered around with that for a while, and God blessed us with a core group of people. We moved back into a church out in Bulverde, uh, which is Riverside Community Church, mm-hmm. a renovated steakhouse, and they gave us the place to worship on Sunday nights. Yeah. So we did that for about two years. And once again, I hear God saying, it's time to leave. I'm calling you out into the open spaces. So technically, Mark, I've been kicked out of perfectly good churches twice now, (laughs) and I'm starting to wonder if I ever need to go back in. Yeah, wow. So it's fun to be outside walls. Uh, It took me a while to get over uh, the shock of leaving the traditional church, and, you know, quite honestly, I had a little disdain for it looking back, thinking— you know, what did we accomplish in there? What were mm-hmm. we doing besides really taking care of the folks that were there? Yeah. How, how were we reaching out into new places with new people? 
And who was caring for those that had been hurt? Yeah. Even by the church. Absolutely. And just did not seem to fit in with a traditional Sunday morning, walk in the building, get the coffee, sit down, hear the sermon, and go get ready for the football game kind of deal. Yeah. I totally understand what you're talking about. You know, I, I it's it's there's nothing like going back and studying the ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when we see that, we don't see him behind closed doors too often and mm-hmm. sometimes when we do see him inside the synagogue he's rebuking the religious you know <laughs> uh, most of the that's most true. of his ministry time was out in those open spaces yeah. where the people yeah. are that's right and i don't know how throughout this time culture has kind of turned that around and now we're a, we're a social christian group meeting inside four walls and, and maybe that's not fair to say that but in a sense some people see us that way like oh yeah that's the kind of the, the christian group they meet at that location over yeah. there and they have their own party Sunday mornings right. or Saturday nights in yeah. that building. And we've, in a sense, become disconnected with our with our community. I believe that wholeheartedly. It's, it's like we built a club that people can join, and uh, you have to fit in a certain way to feel comfortable and be accepted even in some places. And, you know, I just don't see Christ's ministry that way at all. Yeah. Um, we had this model of attraction, you know, build it and they will come. Right. And if we have a big band and a fancy screen and nice facilities, then that will attract hmm. people. And like you just said, I don't think Christ tried to attract people to him. Yeah. He went to where they were. Yeah. So when we do things like having a Bible study in a wine bar in mm-hmm. downtown Bulverde, um, that's where folks are. Yeah. And they're a little unsuspecting that we're bringing the word in. Yeah. But it's very refreshing for them. Yeah. Uh, and they engage in our study and discussion and go, wow, I didn't think church could be like this. Imagine that. And, uh, <laughs> wow, I, I may actually come out and see you on wow. Sunday morning because I got tired of that stuff and yeah. didn't want any part of it. So. Well, I think, you know, old-timers religion has really just uh, made a bad name for us, and we've pointed the finger too much and tried to um, put out too many laws for people to try to follow, and, and uh, wow. we just weren't in tune with God's grace and Amen. his mercy over us. And I know that's part of your heartbeat is uh, just the grace of God and Stop trying to earn our way to to goodness and God <laughs> loving us. And I, I know that um, that's something that that's near and dear to your heart. I've, I've heard you speak of it before. I know you covered it all this week during the devotional. So yeah. tell us a little bit more for someone that might be listening that has is working day after day to try to stay on God's you know a list. Wow. Um, how, how do we get in tune with God's grace and really understand it? Well, you know, I was given a book by a good friend of mine years ago called The Rest of the Gospel. It's written by a fellow named Dan Stone and contributor. Yeah, Uh, yeah, The Rest of the the Gospel. And uh, the tagline is, when the partial gospel has worn you out. And, man, I read this book, and it just transitioned my whole understanding of a spiritual journey. It transformed my mind. Because, you know, we get saved, and for some reason we still— continue to try to do the right things. We mm. try to not sin so much, or we try to read our Bible more, or pray more, or give more money, or attend worship. And as you know, and most folks do, the more we try to do anything, uh, the more defeat we see in our lives. Yeah. And, that's, and then we have condemnation. Right. Well, yeah, and we know there's no condemnation in Christ right. Jesus, right? Yeah. So when you read the rest of the gospel and begin to see passages like, you know, I died with Christ. I was crucified with him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm. And my favorite life verse really comes out of Colossians 1. And it talks about how we were once alienated from God and enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought we were alienated because we could never measure up. Yeah. But he says, no, now you've been reconciled through Christ's physical death. And now 
God presents you as holy and blameless without accusation, free from any blemish. Mm-hmm. And I'm, wow, God sees me that way already. <laughs> Why am I trying to be something yeah. I already am That's in right. his eyes? So it, it's a simple way to twist your understanding to the truth mm-hmm. and say, instead of ask God for wisdom, for strength, why don't you say, uh, Christ be my strength, yeah. Christ be my wisdom. All of a sudden, I'm freed up from trying to do the right thing and allowing Christ to be the right thing through me. Does That's that make right. any That's sense? That's awesome, man. Amen to that. Hey, it's a process. That's it didn't fantastic. just happen, and uh, I got a long way to go, but yeah. uh, it's a message and a culture we're trying to create at Tejas Cowboy Church where people come and they're transformed, not made to feel bad because they can never measure up. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you also have a heart for men. Um, I know throughout the years you've, you've done several different things that involve men's ministry. And um, what what led you to that point? You're really just focusing on the men. I mean, I know that obviously church as yeah. a pastor, you're open for everybody and you minister to everybody. But what is it specifically about the men that uh, draws you to minister to them? Well, I go back to years ago seeing a lot of women come out of a Women of Faith conference and coming up to me yeah. and you know, with tears in their eyes saying, you've got to do something for my husband. You've got to help me help my man become the spiritual leader of the house, which I desire for him to be, but he doesn't know how. Can barely get him to church. Mm -hmm. You know, what can be done? Like, you know what? Uh, Promise Keepers has made a wonderful impact on men uh, over the years. And they would come around San Antonio now and then, but I thought there's got to be a way to be more local. Yeah. Uh, get some local testimony and, and people that men can truly relate to every day. Uh, get them to tell their story and let Christ begin to teach them truths about who they can be. Once again, uh, not trying to measure up to a standard that we can never meet, but allowing Christ to be in us and through us. So we're that servant leader that he is. Yeah. So we began to look around and pray and notice there were a bunch of guys around that already had the gifts and the ability to put something like a men's conference on and mm-hmm. we prayed and God provided resources, you know, and folks like yourself and other pastors to come along beside us and bring true teaching and fresh information for the heart to help bolster guys to stake their claim and yeah. be the men God called them to be. That's right. Well, <clears throat> I know God has called us as the, the the priests of our home to make sure that we we are bringing up our children in the right in the right things in God's ways, and a lot of times we uh, have uh, depended on the woman. We've depended on the wife oh, to do the true. childbearing, and uh, you're going to bring them up as well, and you're going to do everything that has to do with the child. And I'm just going to go work, and I'm going to come back and earn earn money and feed the family. Uh, but when it comes down to the Bible, it says, "Fathers, do not That's provoke right. your children to anger, That's but right. raise them up, you know, in the things of the Lord." So it's it's a it's a thing that goes directly to the dad. So appreciate you. Um, really just focusing in on dads. And, and, yeah, I think many times we see a lot of the church is largely made up of women, but I think it's because uh, men have just kind of taken the back seat in yeah. this part of the responsibility that really belongs to us yeah. as the men. So thank you for ministering to, to that uh, to that group. Yeah, and, and it's my it, blessing. It's fantastic. I want to um, just take a moment to... Uh, reintroduce you. I'd like everybody to know that uh, I am sitting here today in studio with Pastor uh, Steve Coker. He's the pastor over at Tejas Cowboy Church. If you'd like more information about them, um, their start time for their services at 9.45 a.m. on Sundays, meeting at Tejas Rodeo Company. That's under the open-air pavilion at 401 Obst Road. That's O-B-S-T in Bulverde, Texas. 
If you'd like to find more information about them, you can always log on to their website at TejasCowboyChurch.org. That's Tejas, T-E-J-A-S, CowboyChurch.org. Now, if my Indian is correct, I think Tejas <laughs> means friendly, doesn't it? You're exactly right. I mean, it's So uh, you're the friendly Cowboy Church. All the other yeah, ones aren't friendly, but yours is. That's right. No. <laughs> oh, I'd hate to, hate to say that. We might ought to cut that part. But yeah, it was interesting when I was praying about what God wanted to call this gathering of people— uh, and really questioning, you know, are you calling us to start a church, or are we supposed to be a community that, that gathers? And he's like, well, what do you think that is? I'm like, well, yeah. I guess it's the church. What do we call it? And he says, Tejas, you know, you're a, a Texan. You're proud of that heritage. It goes back years and years uh, through Indian word and early Spaniard uh, understanding of what that meant, um, the building of friendships and the joining together of community uh, with common uh, common knowledge, common interests, common culture, and yet being able to blend new culture in together and form friendships that are deep and enriched, and in this case, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's it's really set up, Mark, to, to be welcoming to any type of person, whether you have a horse or raise cattle or not, whether you drive a Harley, whether you wear a suit, yeah. whether you've been in church all your life, or whether you've never heard really the gospel. Uh, we have a group of folks that just come together as friends first, That's and fantastic. they enjoy the open air and the, being out in God's creation in a non-threatening place. And I got to say, uh, just this past Sunday, some of the best amens I got were from the horses in the local stables. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're really searching for something from the crowd, the animals always come through. Yeah, so we have a lot of fun out there. Yeah, that's cool. They're a welcoming place. So, give us a little bit of insight about the church, because yeah, someone might think, well, I, I don't have a horse to ride up out in the hill country <laughs> over in Bolverde, but uh, just tell us about the culture of the church. You know. Well, it's interesting because I don't have a horse either. Okay. So that my first question to God was, "What in the world are you doing?" Yeah, I got an iron horse. That's yeah, about it. yeah. I got, uh, got the truck. But you know, the, the culture is really about trying to to help people see that Christ is the only resource they need in life, and living their life from that source. And once again, not trying to be the way they think they need to be, or the way that the world expects them to be as a Christian. Yeah, uh, And when we gather under that open-air pavilion, uh, we bring a lawn chair. You know, there's not a bunch of pews set up. Mm-hmm. It's not a formal setting. Uh, our musicians bring their music. It's not holy praise and worship stuff that you hear on Caleb, which I love. But these guys and gals play in their sweet spot, mm-hmm. and we find God in their music. And interestingly enough, God will create an atmosphere for their music to uh, illustrate the word that he wants to bring that day from the Holy Bible. And we preach and we teach. We have the Lord's Supper every mm-hmm. Sunday, and we have community prayer. So the traditional church person's going to see that, wow, this is really church. Yeah. The folks that are walking in that aren't that sure about it aren't so threatened by a culture or tradition that they don't know much about. Yeah. So they're very comfortable to participate. And we see folks coming back time and time again that say, you know, I just love being with the people here, and I don't feel threatened to perform or to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the folks that are there are all walks of life. Yeah, Kids are running around, teenagers, yeah. and it's just a comfortable place to get to know the Lord. That's a real community church. I think it a is. lot of I think a lot of... Uh, quote-unquote churches have the word community in their name, yet they become kind of an isolated <laughs> group of people. 
But that's really what community is, is just hanging out with people. It's like you don't, you're walking into an environment where you don't feel threatened. You don't feel judged. We're going to hang out. We're going to you know, hear somebody talk. We're going to meet new friends. And that, that's really what it's about, being community. Yeah. You know, I had a friend of mine. Uh, he's a pastor over in Florida a few years back. Uh, asked me a question. He said, Mark, he said, if, uh, if your church were to shut down, if you were to lock the doors forever, would your community care? Hmm. Would they even know that oh, you're gone? <laughs> and it just, wow, it, it just shook me. Yeah. I was like, no. It was, the answer was a resounding no. Wow. We yeah. are not connected to our community at all. And it took me about a year, honestly. It took about a year to really, that, that question would not leave me. Mm. It took me about a year for me to finally say, you know what, that's it. I'm putting my foot down. We are not going to have Amen. social church groups you yeah. know, anymore. We're going to be the church. We're going to be the hands and the feet of Jesus and be out in our community. Wow. Amen. And so we started doing a lot of outreach and just getting out there with people and you know, inviting anybody and everybody. And we had, we've had a great turnout. Every time we do an outreach, <clears throat> excuse me. Every time we do an out do an outreach, we'll we'll have several hundred, a thousand, That's even fantastic. over a thousand people just come out just to hang out. Well, they want to see. Yeah, and it just you know again it goes we go back to the story of uh, this just following Jesus Christ and his story, his life, and if you, and if you and I and everybody else as Christians we call ourselves Christians can just be Christ followers and follow oh, that wow. follow that blueprint. <laughs> I think we would be more connected. When Jesus said that we would be known by our love, instead we're kind of known as haters now and labeled as haters. Oh, yeah, we are. You know, but uh, there's just a lot to be learned by just simply going back to the gospel, the rest of the gospel, <laughs> <laughs> and following the footsteps of Jesus Christ. What is yeah. your personal passion? As a minister, what do you really love to do? Is it personal ministry one-on-one? Is it teaching? Is it Bible study? Um, I don't know. What what drives you with the most in ministry? Well, I don't know if I'd be worth my salt if I didn't say as a preacher that I, I don't love to preach. Yeah. Uh, I do. Um, and I say a prayer every time before I uh, begin to prepare that, Lord, you be my words, you be my thoughts, uh, so I can feel confident it's not me. Yeah. Uh, but quite honestly, the one-on-one time I get to spend with other men, helping them find what their sweet spot is, mm-hmm. finding what their gifts are, what God gave them specifically to use in this world, and helping them find a way to to put that into practice, whether it be at their current job or in their family, in the church, or volunteering out in an organization, or just being out present in the world. You know, we have a, a mark to make uh, by using our gifts. And I mm-hmm. think we'll be held to account. Yeah. You know, how did you use that which I gave you? That's right. Uh, whether it's speaking or teaching, sharing the word, whether it's compassion, whether it's making money and using that uh, for God's glory. Uh, I get the biggest joy out of helping a man see what his true gift is yeah. and how he might go about using it wherever he is planted or helping him find the courage to make a change and go to where God is really calling him. He just hadn't said yes to it yet. Yeah, that's good. Well, why don't we uh, take this last closing minute or so to uh, why don't you just make an invitation, tell tell some folks uh, about your church, how do you find you, how do we get directions there, uh, and again, your church services, uh, the times, and all that kind of stuff. You bet. Well, I thank you again, Mark, for giving us the opportunity to be here. Tejas Cowboy Church is the name of our gathering that meets every Sunday morning out at the Tejas Rodeo Company, 
which is at 401 Obst Road, OBST, in Bull Verde, Texas. You come up north on 281, about eight miles. You hang a left on Bull Verde Road, which is Farm Road, 1863. And you go downtown and hang a left at the post office and kind of meander your way back in there three or four miles, and you find it out in the country. Uh, We meet in an open-air pavilion, so we get to be out in God's creation every Sunday morning. We have great live country gospel music and just a really nice, free community to be a part of, where you'll be blessed hearing the Word of God straight from the Bible, be able to pray and receive God's grace right where you are. Um, Our website is the best way to get information from us, and that is tejascowboychurch.org, T-E-J-A-S dot at cowboychurch.org. And, you know, I would mention one other thing that we've had a blast doing, and I appreciate your reminder. The fourth Sunday of every month, out there at Tejas Rodeo in the Steakhouse, we sponsor a cowboy gospel brunch. Yeah. And basically our musicians will roll into the Steakhouse. They play uh, hand-clapping, toe-tapping gospel music. We share a very small message and uh, allow folks that are just coming in off the street to get a little taste of church without being so overwhelmed with it. Uh, The music is fantastic, and the brunch is wonderful. These folks serve up all kinds of things, from that famous Japanese steak to uh, eggs and biscuits and gravy and Hmm. uh, fresh fruit. and It's just really a great way to start your day off and get a little gospel in your spring. And you can get tickets for that on our website and uh, let us know you're coming. We'll welcome you with a big old smile and a handshake. And uh, welcome you into the family. Fantastic. Well, we want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, connect with Tejas Cowboy Church. If you have any questions, you want to contact Pastor Steve Coker, you can also call 830-438-8483. Is that right? That's correct. That's a good number again. is 830-438-8483. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to, uh, uh, to have you here, Pastor Steve. We appreciate you and everything you guys thank are doing you. out there. And uh, thank you, all of our audience that listens uh, loyally here to AM630 KSR. We hope you have the great rest of the week uh, or the weekend and have a fantastic week coming up. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.